Welcome to the Diverse Minds Podcast, where we give you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to be a mentally healthy and inclusive leader. Each week, you'll hear about a variety of topics linked to mental health, well-being, and diversity that will enhance both your professional practice and personal well-being. Welcome to the 145th episode of the award-winning Diverse Minds podcast and welcome to June. I hope those of you in the UK had a wonderful long weekend and this month's theme is all about tips to support your work-life balance or blend. And don't forget, I really love to hear from you as listeners. So why not connect with me on Facebook at Diverse Minds UK, Twitter at Diverse Minds UK, LinkedIn, my name, and I have an Instagram podcast page at Diverse Minds Podcast is the handle. And I'd love to hear from you and get a feel for what you think. And our Instagram page, we have past podcast episodes in case you've missed out on anything. So why this topic? Why this theme in this month? So we're halfway through the year. Can you believe it? It's been another interesting year, which of course I will round up in December 2022. But can you believe we're kind of here and we're halfway through the year? And I often think it's a really good time to take stock and review what's been going on, how things are. And I was talking to a friend yesterday and she said, you know, it's interesting because this year has gone quickly and yet slowly. It's like, how are we only in June? We should be in December. But equally, how are we in June? And it's gone really quickly. And so I think it's a good time to reflect instead of New Year's resolutions. And if you want to know more about that, do check out my episode titled Beyond New Year's Resolutions, where I talk about how it can be unhelpful to set New Year's resolutions. But halfway through the year, we can kind of have more of a perspective and have a bird's eye view of where we are and what we might want to change. And despite the pandemic unlocking, or this pandemic, the coronavirus pandemic, I should say, unlocking a new era of flexible working practices, and finally, people being able to work from home when they were told no, it seems that actually hybrid working may be causing a lot of UK workers to ignore their mental health, work more hours, and it has an impact on well-being. And according to one survey, even though 59% of UK employees say that their ideal way of working is either in a hybrid or remote environment, 71% of people also said that they struggle with work-life balance as a result, compared with 34% of people who've gone back to work in the office full time. Now, you know, I love to talk about this and I mentioned that a healthy work-life balance or indeed blend will mean different things to different people. So for some people working 70% of their time and having 30% time for leisure or other activities is going to be the right thing. And for others, it might be 50-50 and for others, it might be 20% of the time working and 80% of the time doing other things. But it's really about making sure you have the right balance for yourself. And of course, this is really challenging because if you have caring responsibilities and do check out my episode with Anita Powell, recognizing the needs of carers, uh, a demanding boss or health difficulties. You're not able to live life in a way that you want to or their options for pain relief are really challenging and they're not working. That, of course, adds an extra layer to things. But the phrase work-life balance, and indeed, I've been using the term work-life blend here because someone mentioned that you know, a couple of months ago, and I thought that's a really good way to think about it, is that idea of equilibrium. So someone having enough time and headspace for their personal and professional activities. And I think for so many of us, our professional lives are really tied up with identity. And I'm, of course, I'm speaking from experience there. And so therefore, balancing or blending the two is quite a delicate 
act, um, especially when we might be working from home still or you know, getting used to traveling again and using that time in a way that we used to or thinking, oh, this commuting time is really eating into the things that I'd be at home doing, like watering my plants or having a cup of tea in my garden or whatever it is or on my balcony or somewhere different in my home. So it's this idea that, you know, work-life balance, how do we really do it? So it, it kind of creates this thing, you're either working or you're living. Um, and actually, it's much more fluid than that. So it's about that fulfillment or that sense of contentment, both at work or at home, and the bit in the middle where, of course, they meet. So thinking about that holistic approach. And I think the challenge is if we don't think about it in that way, um, burnout. So do check out my episode where I talk about how to recognize burnout, overwhelm, loss of motivation, and feeling like you have to do it all. These can be huge topics. So I really hope you're enjoying the content of this podcast and you want to keep up to date, then why not join my bi-monthly newsletter? When you join my mailing list, you'll receive a free copy of my ebook, The Mentally Healthy Leading Manager. The link is in the show notes, but in case you'd like it now, it's bit.ly forward slash DMSYNR. So I'm going to give you a tip. So this series in June is all about tips that you can use quite easily in your day-to-day to think about your work-life balance blend. And I'm going to focus on one thing today that hopefully should help. And it's called the teacup energy drainer and something I learned about when I was doing my coaching qualification. So essentially, you have heard me say many, many times, you cannot drink from an empty cup. And this, I guess, concept can overlap onto that. But I'd like you to think about a teacup or a coffee cup or where you drink your beverages from. It could even be a glass or a tumbler, whatever it is. But I like to use this idea of a teacup. Think of kind of maybe a traditional ye olde English teacup uh, with a handle, you know, a bit smaller. So we have our teacup. And when our teacup is full, our energy is at its maximum. But what happens is with the tasks and things we have to do, they drain our energy. So essentially, if we think about little holes in our teacup where the tea starts to leach out, these are the things that drain our time and therefore drain our energy. So I'd like you to think about six things that are draining your time. And that could be at work. It could be professionally. It could be personally. It could be anything. Um, Now, admittedly, if those of us who have caring responsibilities, we have phone calls to make, we have things you might be listening to this and thinking, well, that's all well and good, but I couldn't stop this and I couldn't stop that. Okay, so just park that to one side and list up to six things that you're draining your time and therefore your energy. So it doesn't matter what it is. You might want to pause the recording. Okay. so once you've done that, have a look at that list and see what it tells you. Is it things like responding to emails, which for most of us it will be? I know it definitely is for me. Is it caring responsibilities? Is it, you know, having to manage maybe different people in your life or your family and kind of maybe organizing lots of things for them and it drains your time? Uh, Is it cooking? Is it cleaning? Is it DIY? You know, whatever it is. Okay. So have a look at that list and just first of all, get a sense of what that list is telling you. Now, I want you to think about, even if it's pie in the sky, and I know people, you can't give family members and children away, but let's think big picture, magic wand stuff, and think about the actions you could take to plug those gaps. So think creatively, think anything you want, okay? So again, you can pause the recording and think about that. Then 
I'd like you to look at the re more realistic actions. So we can't give our family members away, can we, generally speaking? Um, <laughs> but maybe it's, um, for example, maybe you had on your list too many emails and you one of the actions you could take would to put your emails in a filter um, and then check them once a week. So that could be an example. Or maybe it's that, yes, you do spend too much time doing the school pickup and could you carpool with a friend? So thinking about those things, right? Any Anything practical. So think big picture, first of all, then look at the practical things you can do. And then I'd like you to give yourself a rating on one to 10, where one is you're not motivated at all. And 10 is the minute you stop listening to this podcast, you are going to be absolutely motivated to take these actions. So I'd like you to have a look at the realistic things you've put, or the practical, I should say, the practical things you've put down to reduce your energy drainers and to give it a number in terms of how motivated you feel to take the steps to reduce this energy drain, where one is yeah, great idea. I'm probably not, I'm not going to do it. And 10 is absolutely after I've finished listening to this podcast, I'm doing this. Okay. So then I want you to think about the concept of eliminate, automate, or transfer. So you might be able to eliminate some of your activities on your to-do list or on your daily list altogether. Now, I do hear you, and it's not always possible to eliminate chores. I spend a lot of time cleaning, and I did have a period where I got a cleaner, but I was cleaning for the cleaner, and so for me, it doesn't work. So I've just said to myself, all right, fine, I couldn't eliminate it, and I am going to spend two to three hours every week cleaning. I'll probably do more than that, to be honest, but the big main clean. But actually, I'm okay with that because what I've done is it doesn't drain my energy in the same way because I'll listen to podcasts or I listen to audiobooks and I make it a bit better for myself. But you could, and I know not everyone has the capacity, the time, the money or option to do this at all, but it could be something to consider. So could you eliminate some of the cleaning? Maybe not all of the cleaning. Could you eliminate some of the cooking? So think about that. Think about what you could eliminate. Again, I know you can't just eliminate all your parental or family responsibilities to someone else. But could you eliminate some aspects of it? So, you know, could you eliminate doing it 24-7 and maybe one for two hours a week have a babysitter, something? And, and I know it depends on budgets. I'm, you know, I know there's a cost of living crisis. I want to be realistic about this. Or could a friend come? Or could, could you do something where friends come over and they play together and then you have a little bit of time, even if it's 30 minutes with another friend to have a cup of tea? So think about it that way. So then you might have things on the list that you can automate. So it still gets done, but it doesn't require as much personal attention. Again, I know when you have a job in a workplace, it relies on the systems in the workplace. And some organizations are very, very lax on this in the sense of they don't think about it. I mean, the amount of time I used to spend going to and fro arranging meetings, whereas now I have my Calendly, those of you who know where you can book a free, free 30 minute call um, or other calls. And it just makes life really easy. And people get a follow up email, they get a reminder, they get a text and it's all done through the system. Now, this is less possible often with workplaces. But are there things you could automate? I know there are a lot of apps that families use, um, also couples use. There's one called Avocado. I haven't used it myself, but someone told me about it, where you can have a shared app and people, you get tasks and things that are delegated to different family members. So would that work? 
Are there other systems? Are there out of offices that you can put on? For example, thank you for your email. It's a very busy time. I will get back to you within 48 hours. Um, here are some resources, some frequently asked questions. Just think about the things you can automate. Is there something you can put on your voicemail? So if someone phones you and it's maybe it's about a caring thing, you know, could it be, please send me an email with the title urgent in it and I will get back to you immediately. Whatever is going to work for you. And it could think, you might think, well, these are very small things. And for me to set it up is in capital time investment. And it could be. So I'm not saying, oh, go on and, and create some really fancy system. But are there things at our fingertips that we can use? You know, our phones can do quite a lot. They have quite a lot of capability usually um, that we don't always use but are there some things that we can do that could help I know people buy slow cookers and that has really reformed you know changed things for them and that's a sort of way of automating I know you have to chop the vegetables and put things in the slow cooker but again people find those really useful and then dinner's done so have a think about that and think about apps and cheap and quick ways and when I say automate as well, it could be post-it notes on the fridge for communication if there's something around that, you know, it could be some kind of analog system as well. And then think about delegation. So I mentioned it a little bit uh, when I talked about elimination, but are there things that categories of tasks that can be delegated to others? This is difficult, isn't it? Because I, again, I'm not great at delegating things, but maybe you could think of things that you could do. And often delegation costs money. I also appreciate that in definitely in the personal space. But does it always have to cost vast amounts of money? So maybe there are people who need, need a job or need, will want to help you. Maybe it's someone who can do your ironing for you or do something to help. And in the workplace, it, could it be an opportunity for someone to take on a project? Could it be a way of elevating other people to have access to doing different things? So think about that. And the answer might be, no, I can't delegate anything. You know, I can't delegate someone looking after my child or I can't, you know, I don't have anyone to delegate to. And of course, you have to think about what's right for you. But really have a think about it, because often we do think we have to do everything ourselves. And I think that's particularly pertinent, speaking from my own cultural lens in South Asian communities and particularly as women. And we may not be very good at asking for help. And that's something I work on every day. So what could we delegate? And also thinking about how comfortable we feel with it, because it is vital that we don't just do something because we think, oh, if I just do this, it'll be over and done with. Or I listened to something and they said delegate and everything would be fine. But to consider what could work. I mean, it could be that you find someone on one of the platforms where you know, people are available for work like Fiverr. Maybe you want someone to help you write Christmas cards at a particular time of year. There are people that can help you do that. And often it doesn't have to be super expensive. So it doesn't mean it's permanent tasks. It doesn't have to be things that you're doing throughout the year, but maybe things that drain your energy and don't make you feel happy or don't make you feel, you know, full of energy. So have a think about that. So I've talked about today the teacup energy drainer and the fact that we need a full teacup equals high level energy and engagement. There'll be things that drain our energy. And so think about what those things are, um, what you could do. Think magic wand, big, big solutions, and then think about the pragmatic solutions and how motivated you feel to do that. And then within that, think about what you can eliminate what you can automate, and it could be sort of analogy, semi-automation, and what you could transfer or delegate. So I really hope this has been useful. And if you like the concepts, then do check out my Mentally Healthy Professional course. It's an online course that I've created to help people with the 
area of work life blend and there are four modules you can do it at your own pace i've included the link in the show notes but it's diverseminds.thinkific.com forward slash the mentally healthy professional and don't forget what are the other topics you would like me to talk about because i'd really love to hear from you and you can leave me an anonymous message on my speak pipe the link is in the show notes and also in case you want it now it's bit.lyspkpdmp So I'll see you in the next episode where we're going to be talking about more work-life balance blend hacks. And until then, everyone, take care and stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Diverse Minds podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you access your podcasts from. You can also connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Tune into next week's episode of the podcast, where I'll bring you more insights on mental health and inclusion. Bye for now.